0: Hello. Namaste. I welcome you all to the 100th session of Guru Bodha. We have with us today, as usual, our Guru and Ayurvedic teacher, Dr. Guru Rajayambi. On behalf of us, all of us, I cordially welcome Dr. Guru Sir to this session. Good evening and Namaste, sir. I also cordially would like to welcome the chief guest of this session, Dr. Rohit Sane. Good evening and Namaste, sir.
1: Good evening. Good evening. Namaste.
0: And uh, as usual, our beloved Dr. Raghuram sir is there joining us today. Good evening and namaste sir. So this session is brought to you by com. I dedicate this and all of my works at the holy feet of Dr. H. Chandrasekarudupa. Dr. Guradha sir runs Dhawala Pentacare Ayurveda treatment center in Shumoga. He is my Ayurvedic teacher. He has taught in all the years, first year, second year, third year of BAMS while I was studying in Shumoga. He, to consult him or to get guidance, please visit easyairada.com slash guru raja. Dr. Rohit Sane is founder and group MDN CEO of Madhubal and Dr. Raghuram sir is chief content officer at easyairada.com. Consult him or to get, get guidance, please visit easyairada.com slash Raghuram. So. We started Guruboda roughly two, two and a half and uh, years before, just as a as a trial, just to how it go, how it goes. The idea started with Dr. Gurajasar sir at, at the center. Without Raja sir uh, support, we would not have had Guruboda at all. And the main reason with for, for you know we, we, why we started Guruboda with Gurajada Guru sir was that more than the medicines and the treatments that he has taught me, which has made the basic framework of my understanding of Ayurveda and whatever little work I am able to do Ayurveda, he, he plays a major contributing role. And the in, in the initial couple of years of Ayurvedic, career, Ayurvedic studies for students, the very crucial. Whatever they learn becomes the basis or the becomes the foundation for the student through and whatever he learns and whatever the mentality that is set in the initial couple of years for a BMS student that stays with him forever, that cannot be erased. So Guraja sir was a big influence. And other than the medicines and the treatments and the wonderful concepts of Ayurveda that he taught, one of the major things that I learned from Guraja sir was probably the attitudes and the approach and the general sense of view of what is happening in and around in and around in the Ayurvedic field the research the changes in the policies the uh, government's role and you know what are the who are the leading Ayurveda practitioners he was always encouraging us to visit a lot of conferences we went to World Ayurveda Congress one in Cochin and then one Shota conference in Mysore and then another one conducted by Atrimad in Bangalore and all so with all these encouragements, he, he also taught us like whether to go for post-graduation or not, what are the pros and cons, everything. So with that, we started and we have re- now reached uh, more than 50 countries. And we have, we have been posting all the Guru Buda sessions for free in the YouTube. And also we are posting the podcasts of the same in the, in, in the Spotify, Google Audio and uh, Apple Music in all the places. And it has been, uh, it has been watched by more than 30 to 40, uh, 40 students across the globe from more than 50 uh, countries every day just the podcast is listened to by uh, such people and in youtube it has amassed lakhs together of views and all so dr guraja sir is also a, a rav Ayurveda ayurved Vidya Pete recognized guru and he has been having a successful two plus decades of career as teacher ayurvedic teacher so question to guraja sir is that so with all these experience coming together and now along with that with these rich experience, now the student has access to a lot of online tools, online videos, online articles, etc. So, how do you think? What is the role of an Ayurvedic teacher in this day and age? How the approach should be and and how the uh, mindset of a student should be to learn Ayurveda properly.
2: Thank you Dr. Janardhan. Definitely a teacher job is always a challenging job. It needs a lot of patience because uh, you may have a very absorbent nature students who can absorb whatever you are just giving to them. But there are always spoilers. We know that not every student is of the same mentality, but in the any course or any deviation or any stream of medicine or any subjects probably the basic years would be very very tough to understand because they'll be taught the basic things and particularly in case of ayurveda it is so that a student from 10 plus 2 after completing the the science stream he enters the ayurveda field first thing will be he will be just bombarded with such a subjects he will have a had have to face a lot of hardship so for that a teacher one who can an interest in the subject by throwing out the important aspects and how it is going to helpful in our future, it is always good. And uh, we have been uh, teaching all along the things like it is an, called as the a, a to Z approach, starting from A and we are going to the Z. But when we started with the A, by the time we come to the Z. But now the very important aspect is first you tell the benefit what a student is going to get by knowing this information if you know this information how it is going to help you so this is what the first thing we need to do it once we tell them that this is the thing by doing this understanding this concept or doing these medicines are doing knowing about these things will definitely help you in future practice and of course it is associated with your service and of course also with money so when such interest is shown automatically students will develop an interest in the subject and once nowadays we are uh, many co- colleges we are lacking uh, such a type of uh, teachers that can initiate or you can uh, you know instill uh, interest in the subject or make them to learn more moreover we find such a type of uh, people that nowadays in many of the colleges uh, that they don't want to learn anything just because of somebody's force they've in so such type of attitudes are also there to overcome all these things a teacher must be a uh, a friend, philosopher, teacher, preacher and one who knows the knowledge and share the things and wherever they do mistakes, mend them, straight away scold them, no issues make them straight and correct. So that time they may feel something bad about the way of our approach but once it is done they will understand that why it was being said to them. So if they become a very successful practitioner or a teacher later in their future and that is the success of the guru so a guru can be called as a guru only he has successful students to following harris has become successful in his life in their life so then that will be a very fantastic uh, job achievement we can call it as a satisfaction to the guru presently we are in a such era that everywhere the information is there you can search anything in the net but only thing is that interacting with the guru is entirely a different aspect Uh, something after getting an information if i get some doubt there should be somebody who can authoritatively correct me or rectify my doubts if such things are not there even any information from google or anything it has its own limitations we can get all sort of information whether that information is uh, sufficient enough or is it relevant to us or how it is important, how it should be understood or why there is such a dilemma in understanding, why we answer as I said, like this here and somewhere is a contradictory somewhere else. So all these needs to be clarified by a Guru. Always learning through a Guru is entirely different aspect. Even we have learned from our own Gurus, they have created an interest in us. So we definitely bow down to our Gurus. And even our uh, earlier acharyas who have taught and given the lot of uh, science of Ayurveda with such a knowledge treasure, without uh, anticipating anything from us, they have delivered in such a way that the entire mankind is benefited. So, Guru has a definitely an um, important and a leading role in making the society and a good society and a responsible citizens. So, definitely the role of a Guru is very challenging, and of course, many times. People act or play like gurus just for sake of their livelihood. That should not be. It should be like a passion to teach things. So if you have a passion to learn the things and teach the things, then it will be a very fine. And whatever you deliver as such a guru will always be a sounding good, and it will be stimulating to the students, and definitely students also start loving him and respecting. So this is the one what I want to do, tell. This
0: Thank you very much for your kind elaboration, sir. So now let me bring in Dr. Rohit to the d- discussion here. Welcome to Guruboda, sir. And uh, first question is: You are an MBS doctor, and you you are, after that you did fellowship in preventive cardiology in the prestigious Apollo Hospitals. A, a well-set career in a modern career uh, modern cardiology
1: was in front of you why did you divert to ayurveda a good question uh, first of all uh, thank you dr hirbar and dr guru raja as well as dr guru to Invite me for this Gurubodha About this question, if at all you ask, uh, there are several reasons why I diverted myself towards Ayurveda. But the most eminent, most prominent uh, reason was, when I started understanding Ayurveda, initially my father was an eminent Ayurvedic physician. He asked me to learn about Ayurveda. And when I started learning about Ayurveda, I could see that several medicines which are being used in allopathy, they have their origin back from Ayurveda. This was the most convincing point that I learned in the earlier days of my career. I'll give you certain examples. If at all we talk about an allopathic medicine used for heart, which is called as Digoxin. The active principle is Digitalis. And this Digitalis is nothing else but the plant called as Fox which is normally called as Ritpatri. If at all you talk about the best ever anti-hypertensive medicine in allopathy, which was called as reserpine, which was banned because of its hypotensive activity. This reserpine is nothing else but sarpagandha. Same way if at all you talk about any mucolytic agent, which is normally bromolin or bromohexane, This bromolin is derived from... Pineapple. If at all you talk about the best cardiac medicine used for blood thinning, which is an antiplatelet agent called as Ecosprin. This Ecosprin is derived from the willow bark, which is nothing else but Jellavatus. If at all you just go into the depth of it, if you talk about the statins, it is derived from fungus. If you talk about the best antibiotic, penicillin, it is from fungus. If at all you talk about n number of other medications, you would see that the origin goes back towards Ayurveda itself. So when it was a challenge for me to take the whole science of Ayurveda ahead, I went and understand I tried to understand the basic concepts of Ayurveda, I found that whatever I read in the earlier stage of my career about cardiology from the book of the heart that was written by Dr. William Hurst, you could see that all those 5,000 pages, whatever written for the cardiovascular study was completely evolved in two lines of Ayurveda, wherein the shloka of uh, Rudd Rogue in Ayurveda has been mentioned, that it has been clearly mentioned that the dosha which get vitiated because of certain reasons, those doshas create a problem with the rasadhatu and that rasadhatu, if at all, it gets uh, Disturbed, it would create n number of disorders and one disorder out of it would be Rudrog and that would be cardiac disease. So, if at all we understand the whole book of William Hurst, which has been called as the heart, you could see they have written the same thing to various different angles, but Ayurveda was much more to write this whole concept in two major lines, but these two lines were typically understood to a very good extent that yes, cardiology has been studied by Ayurveda to a very very deeper extent than what Allopathy hasn't studied till now. Hence, these were few of the things which made me think about why not to go into Ayurveda instead of reinventing the wheel through Allopathy why not to go to Ayurveda and understand the concepts in depth and try to use the science of Ayurveda to treat the mankind with non-invasive approach as compared to the invasive approach of allopathy. So this was the basic uh, small story that I would like to share.
0: Thank you very very much for your Insights and encouraging Ayurvedic community people that you know a a comprehensive treatment uh, plan with uh, for various cardiac disorder is very much possible with purely Ayurvedic uh, treatment there and with with being the CEO of such a big uh, company and having interacted with Ayurvedic community people uh, across all the labs starting from first year BMS students to the professors and all, what would be your advice for Ayurveda students from within India and also outside India because that is our main uh, audience here.
1: Okay, okay. My simple advice would be believe on the shlokas that have been mentioned in Ayurveda. As I have studied from uh, modern medicine as well as through the angle of Ayurveda, few small uh, typical shlokas like Dusha Itva, Rasam Dosha, Vigunatam, Rudayam, Gada, Nana, bada, Rudrogam, tam, This small shloka has mentioned n number of concepts in itself. If at all we understand those shlokas in their depth, we would be able to understand the science very well. Like when we talk about Vata Vruddhi also karsha kamitva guran bala indriya this simple two line shloka has mentioned a lot about vat vruddhi the same way if at all we understand those shloka into their depth the understanding of science and the understanding about the disease as well as the understanding about the treatment principles for those diseases would be very very easy so simple thing that i would like to advise to each and every student is many a times we try to read or we try to understand the translated manuscripts of various shloka i have tried to learn sanskrit to a certain extent and through which i tried to translate those shlokas according to me before i read those translated manuscripts this makes me understand my own brain about how am I trying to interpret those shlokas and then if at all you read the manuscript which has been already translated, you might get two different views of the same shloka and that might open up your thought process to a very wide extent. Understand the same shloka in a different way and try to implement it through Implement various different treatment principles. That is what I would like to advise each and every student, whether it's in India or whether it's outside India.
0: Thank you very much for the wise advice, sir. Uh, Always uh, the way the shlokas explain different concepts, and you know, in whichever beautiful language, and whether it is Hindi or lo- local language or English, we try to explain, we often cannot get to the original meaning of it, what exactly the Acharyas are saying in those uh, shlokas. C- coming to your activities in the mother bhag, uh, one of the many things that you have done, apart from building three, 350 plus Ayurvedic uh, clinics, uh, dealing with lifestyle disorders and, and, and all, you have set up a startup fund to cater to the invest in upcoming ayurvedic startups and all uh, first of all it is very it's it's very like unexpected move for an ayurvedic company to have a startup fund usually the funds come from uh, you know the sequoia capital and all, all the big uh, uh, big names and, and from in a city like bangalore there is this from angel investors to the series a series b up to series z e, series Z, there is funds and all but for an ayurvedic company it was a refreshing and unexpected move. First of all, why did you make such a fund to invest in Irish Startups? Okay,
1: as what you said, my journey began in the year 2006 Actually, the journey began in 2006 with the hospital that's called as Mathav In the year 1999, when I passed out, I started studying Ayurveda. So if at all you go back and understand my Ayurvedic understanding journey began from 1999, but the actual practical journey began from 2006. But since then, I have learned one thing that Ayurveda has an immense potential. Hence, having something which is innovative in ayurveda is always going to be beneficial for the mankind second why i tried to open up with this fund is when i started the journey from a single hospital to about 350 ayurvedic cardiac care clinics in and all around india i could understand the pain that any entrepreneur has to go through while he is trying to set up that kind of a setup which is going to help the patients help the people around them and get more and more amount of uh, fame and name to ayurveda so the pain that an entrepreneur has to go through i don't want any of those entrepreneurs to go through that kind of pain which might break them to a certain extent when i see that i had gone through n number of learnings That I had been through for last 17-23 years, I see that if at all that learning can be passed on to other entrepreneurs and this might help the Ayurveda fraternity to grow to a certain extent, I would consider my life to be fruitful. And the only thing that any business needs to grow in today's era is nothing other than funds. If at all you see everybody has their own set of knowledge own set of ideologies and own set of beliefs. Those beliefs, knowledge, ideology helps them to build their own business. But at the end of the day, what is essential to nourish any of the business is nothing other than funds. And this financial support, I think, will be the most important thing for Ayurveda to come up as the first line of therapy in the coming era.
0: That is the dream of everyone to to make Ayurveda the main uh, line of treatment and uh, hopefully the day is not far, especially with the support of uh, kind people like you, yourself. And suppose someone wants to approach uh, Madhavag or yourself and wants to pitch. How, what are the characteristics that or metrics that you see in a startup before investing? Okay, uh, the
1: first criteria to have uh, any kind of startup eligible for funding is going to be some amount of innovation. Not uh, into any kind of uh, great uh, identification of a molecule or something like that, but innovation could be in terms of processes also. So the business idea could be innovative, the process that has been implemented could be innovative, some kind of innovation which the world is longing for. innovation which is going to solve some question of the world if at all that is there the first criteria is positively taken care of and that is innovation so that is first second the most important thing is it should have the potential to scale up in any business to make money the only thing that is going to help that business is going to be scaling up the business. Due to scaling up the business, two major things would happen. First of all, the solution that has been created, that has been innovated for a certain problem unless and until it is not scaled up to certain level, the solution will not actually solve the problems of n number of people. If at all that solution solves the problem only of a single person, then that solution is not scalable and that would not be fundable. So the second most important thing is potential to scale up. So the first thing, if at all you see, it should be some kind of innovation. The second thing should be potential to scale up. And the third most important thing should be it should contribute to make Ayurveda the first line of therapy by some other other way. If at all this is the way that anybody thinks about and wants to scale up his own enterprise to a certain level, we would always like to take a part of it and try to take that person ahead through our understandings, through our knowledge, whatever we have generated in the last so many years. And obviously, funds will also play a role in it so that is how we look at any of the enterprise before we plan to fund it
0: thank you sir and one uh, you know one striking line that you just told is is the last one that you know should contribute in some way to make the ayurveda the main line of uh, therapy uh, i was thinking that you know you would say that you know this would be the metric and it should be in the path of profitability and all those things would come in like customer acquisition costs and all but uh, yeah, there is a strong principle behind it is such a refreshing a refreshing thing to know i would
1: just like to put some light on this point of yours that yes as you said profitability and all those things are important customer acquisition cost everything is important but i believe that if at all you have the zeal from inside if at all you have that dedication from inside To have your enterprise grow, you will search for n number of ways to make it successful. It, It talks about the customer acquisition value, it talks about the profitability. To stay alive in business, profit is going to be the most important thing, no doubt about it. But if at all you have the dedication inside, if at all you have the love for your concept from within, I am sure that you will search for N number of ways to make your company profitable and stay alive. So that is a question not required to be answered at all because if at all anybody is an entrepreneur, he would always try to be alive in his business through n number of ways. The most important thing according to me is going to be whether that solution is going to contribute to make Ayurveda the first line of therapy or not is going to be the most important thing according to me
0: wise words uh, spoken there sir and yeah coming to the research aspect in many of the uh, uh, academic centers uh, many of the senior ayurvedic uh, doctors and professors across the uh, across the slab in ayurveda they believe that research is a not so possible in ayurveda or it doesn't seem to fit for exploring the or for reinventing the truths that are told in the Ayurvedic, traditional Ayurvedic textbooks. It becomes very confusing and confusing to see the traditional Ayurvedic principles and whatever the Acharyas have told in, in the textbooks through the prism of research. But I, I, you have made the entire empire of Madhubag is built on the foundation of research itself. So what are the principles of research followed in uh, madhavag and how it is different than uh, many, many other modules.
1: According to me, um, research is nothing else but proving your hypothesis. If at all you have a hypothesis in your mind and you have the strength, you have the confidence to prove that hypothesis, that would originate uh, after some time as a research study. So when we talk about that Ayurvedic principles, the traditional Ayurvedic principles cannot be researched. To be very honest, I don't completely believe this. Why would I say that is research is nothing else but researching the same concept, the concept which was already there in the world. I am trying to research that concept. If at all, somebody has mentioned that, uh, documented that concept earlier, That means that person has already researched on it. If at all we talk about Acharya, Sushruta, Acharya, Charak, people, all of these people have already documented their science. That means they have proven those researches in their time. We just don't have that amount of knowledge to go back and understand their concepts. Hence, we are not able to research their concepts. I'll give you a few examples. Like for example, the traditional Ayurvedic knowledge. Like for example, we can talk about Kapha, Pitta and Vata. It is very difficult to prove Kapha, Pitta and Vata is what people normally believe. But I don't believe it in the same way. I would try to put some concept to it. Like for example, Ayurvedic texts have already explained that Kapha dosha is a a thing which can be measured in Anjali Pramana as well as Pitta Dosha can be measured in Anjali Pramana. If at all they have mentioned that it is four Anjali and five Anjali at that time, if they have measured in Anjali Pramana, I am sure that we are falling short of measuring these Doshas through various different uh, modern mechanisms. Like for example, if at all we talk about Kapha Dosha is present in the upper part of the body while the Pitta Dosha is present in the middle part of the body. If at all you try to coincide or correlate these things with the modern principles, the Kapha Dosha, which is available in the upper end of the body, is nothing else but the mucus which we would talk about. Now, if at all we are trying to understand this concept as mucus, we could consider the pH of this mucus to be acidic because If at all you go down and search in any of the books or any of the internet studies, you would see that mucus is acidic pH. While pitta, which stays in the middle part of the body, is nothing else but the bile, which has been secreted by the liver. This bile is nothing else. though it is called as bile acid, the pH of bile acid is alkaline. So if at all this is an hypothesis that I'm trying to place that pitta is alkaline, pH and Kapha is acidic pH, then placing this hypothesis to have an understanding of various diseases. It could be like. The cardiac disorders, which is in the upper part of the body, the organ present in the upper part of the body in the area of Kapha dosha, Cardiac diseases majorly happen because of disturbance in the acidic medium of our body, which is called as metabolic acidosis. If you talk about uh, cardiac ischemia, if at all you talk about uh, the ventricular uh, fibrillation or flutter, all of these disorders are related to acidic ph in your body which is called as metabolic acidosis while all those diseases which are being explained about pitta dosha are being explained about the alkaline ph so if at all this is an hypothesis which i am trying to place we can have a research of this hypothesis maybe this hypothesis might go wrong i don't take it completely sure that this hypothesis would be right but placing a hypothesis and trying to research the hypothesis is going to be something which is called as research according to me many a times 99 percent times the research fails in having an outcome but i believe 99 of times the research is always successful because if even though the concept has failed we learn that this concept which I tried to put as an hypothesis which was not wrong and this is the best thing about any kind of research. So I think Ayurveda needs a humongous amount of research and that has to be done whether the concepts are right or whether the concepts are wrong, we are supposed to research the whole concept. Like when I have studied my allopathy, when I have studied my modern medicine, what made me. Uh, get in love with modern medicine for pharmacology was they taught me the mechanism of action of each and every ingredient of each and every medicine. That made me believe the pharmacodynamics, the pharmacokinetics of those typical molecules made me believe that how does this uh, uh, molecule work. How does this molecule get excreted from my body? The same thing we had done on animal trials for various different herbs Mm. and try to identify that which herb is actually reducing down the insulin resistance, which herb is actually improving the insulin secretion, which herb helps you to reduce down the atherosclerosis, which herbs helps you to reduce down the platelet aggregation. There were n number of researchers that we have done with the same shlokas which have been mentioned in various Grantha. And we tried to come up with some science, which we have tried to implement in our 350 clinics all over the nation. So I'm proud about this thought that Ayurveda is a absolutely pandora's box or meccanas gold that the more we enter inside the more amount of knowledge can be extracted and it is a never-ending ocean of knowledge that what ayurveda is and i think that research should be the only thing that has to be done by each and every Ayush believer. If at all we believe in Ayurveda, at least one research has to be published every year by every individual person that is going to give that credibility to Ayurveda according to me. Hence, research is the most important thing that I believe.
0: Thank you. Uh, thank you very much uh, for the el- elaboration there, sir. and. Mother has done immense uh, work in the uh, in the field of cardiology and providing fruitful solutions to various uh, various cardiac disorders through Ayurveda. But generally, e- even today, in the minds of many Ayurvedic doctors and practitioners across the globe, cardiology is seen as a as an area with some amount of hesitancy. That you know because things can, if things go wrong, it can go wrong very you know, to an extreme. So how, uh, how do you, uh, what is the Madhobah's approach of cardiology and why take such a risky disease to treat in the first okay,
1: place? Okay, a beautiful question, Dr. Erbar. Uh, in the past, when I was supposed to start with Madhobah's concept of having Ayurvedic treatments for cardiology, I had met several of Ayurvedic senior physicians after my dad's uh, demise. In the year 2004, I was alone. I had to understand more about Ayurveda and cardiology through Ayurveda. And so I met a number of senior individuals and they completely discouraged me about getting into Ayurveda and into cardiology. Because they said that in Ayurveda, we cannot treat cardiological cases. And that is what discouraged me to a very high extent. But I stayed ahead with my concept and I tried to get into it. And what have we tried to do is when I had a survey done with some patients, I realized that people don't believe Ayurveda because of lack of measurable parameters. Like for example, if at all a patient goes to a modern physician and tries to talk to him about consider about his hemoglobin or about his myocardial ischemia where uh, uh, an atherosclerotic plaque. the cardiologist or else the doctor will talk about certain measurable parameters like for example a patient if at all he goes to a doctor and talks about his hemoglobin the doctor would say that your hemoglobin is about 9 which should have been 13 so now we would start some treatment and take your hemoglobin to 13 and that is going to make you absolutely all right so the patient as well as the doctor both of them have a good visibility of what is going to happen till when but when we go down to Ayurveda and try to understand when we have already said that Vata Pitta Kapha cannot be measured and most of the concepts belong to Vata Pitta Kapha if at all cannot be measured the visibility for the patient as well as the doctor is very less about how am I improving the patient improves no doubt about it but that he will realize after a certain period of time but the journey that certain period of time is going to create n number of ifs and buts in the patient's mind. So there is where we tried to have a bridge in which Madhava tried yeah. to have a concept in which we tried to utilize the modern investigations with the Ayurveda treatments. So what do we do is consider a patient comes down in Madhava with a certain cardiac disease. Of ischemic heart disease to be specific, consider he comes to us with the ischemic heart disease, we get a stress test done for this individual. Then we start with the Ayurveda treatment and after a certain interval, we repeat this stress test once again to show that how much has the patient improved. So as what we do with stress test? We do it with certain better investigations than stress test. That would be like 2D-ECO. That would be like GLS or global longitudinal screening 2D-ECO. We would do it with stress thallium kind of stress test. We do with radio nuclear test of stress test. There are n number of investigations in modern medicine, which we have tried to interpret. This Ayurveda treatment has shown beautiful encouraging results in all those patients wherever we had checked that whether this Ayurvedic therapy actually helps to improve this patient documented on the results of modern medicine, we had a positive response from the cardiologist as well as from the patients also. So Madhav uh, approach towards research is to have various different parameters which can be measured to a certain level and if these parameters are taken over I am sure that having Ayurveda on a different level of understanding for the layman patient also as well as for the modern medicine practitioner also is going to be very easy and that will make Ayurveda the first line of therapy that is what I believe Personally.
0: Thank you, sir. Can you please elaborate on a few diseases which are commonly treated in Madhubag?
1: We normally treat all types of heart diseases. We treat. Um, Chronic heart failure, we treat ischemic heart disease, we treat atherosclerosis, we treat uh, lipid disorders. Uh, We treat post angioplasty, post bypass surgery, rehabilitation kind of treatments. We have treatments for diabetes reversal. We can manage diabetes to a certain extent in which the patients can be off his allopathic medicines and stay with a good glycemic control for his whole life only with Ayurvedic treatments. We have treatments for managing hypertension without allopathic intervention. We have treatments to reduce down the weight in case of obesity and overweight patients. We have therapies for thyroidal disorders. So we are majorly into lifestyle disorder management, into chronic disease management. So Madhavabhav has made its role very clear that we would not be in acute disease management as of now as of now we are the masters in treating chronic disorders chronic metabolic disorders by the help of lifestyle modification which has been already explained in ayurveda through various different ways of intervention
0: thank you there sir and last question before we get into the mutual discussion and uh, taking opinions from other uh, other members is that You've seen lot of, you see a lot of Ayurveda doctors every day. Do have you identified any uh, sort of a mistake that many uh, Ayurveda doctors are doing? That you know, if if they correct one small thing, it can improvise their practice or approach. Is there anything like
1: that? <laughs> uh, it would be uh, very immature for me to say that those Ayurvedic doctors are doing some mistakes. But I think those would not be mistakes. But yes. To a certain level, they can improve their belief on Ayurveda. At the end of the day, what makes anybody successful is the belief in himself or the belief in the concept or the belief in the science behind the concept. I have seen several Ayurvedic doctors who don't believe on the concept of Ayurveda. That can be repaired to a very, very great extent. And if that has been done, I am sure that in India itself, we have more than about 500,000 Ayurvedic doctors who can start practicing Ayurveda from the second day itself and can be greatly successful and that will make Ayurveda acceptable by general masses. So that is the only thing that I think that every Ayurveda doctor should improve his or her belief in their own science.
0: Thank you sir. As much as we are always proclaim in all the seminars that we attend is Ayurveda is great, etc. One painful truth that still remains with all of us is that most of the Ayurveda doctors who come out of five and of years of BMS are not still confident of trusting their science and backing the science and practicing what they have learned to make a successful career. And the successful treatments that we learn every week with the, with the demonstration from Dr. Gura sir and the success that we see of big institutes like Madhubhag, they create some amount of confidence that you know yes something can be done with Ayurveda also. Uh, that confidence, that seed of positivity is required in all the students who are coming out that such a successful career can be made possible and another before i open it up to the uh, discussion one important thing that you uh, mentioned was of the you know every ayurveda doctors should publish their cases it can be in simply in a in a blog or in, in their facebook or uh, in the social media or it can be in in at least state level journals, there are too many online journals, which usually take up these cases, etc. Just the before and after treatment, uh, lab reports, or even pictures, etc. are easy to do. And you know, in long back, uh, there's a doctor in a, in Nanjapa Hospital, Shivamoga, uh, Dr. Ratnakar, a physician, and he, he had published 20 of the difficult cases that he had treated in a, in the form of a book, and that itself was acting like a, an advertising for him to attract more people. He would just keep that book in the clinic and anybody would pick up and you know the trust on the doctor would uh, in- increase for the, for the patients, for the more and more patients to come. So now with all these online, online tools, etc., probably that is one of the bigger opportunities that we all should make up to take take up, you know, whatever it can be the research, you need not be applying all the statistical analysis and all those things, etc. Just the case studies, if you publish uh, honestly, that will be a a big boon for everyone uh, also. Raghuram sir, do you have uh, any inputs, please?
3: Yeah, absolutely, sir. So that was uh, like mesmerizing session from uh, uh, Dr. Royce, sir. Every word was calculable there. uh, So. The points you made, uh, sir, about uh, the hypothesis or the research, or uh, I just love those words, uh, like Ayurveda is the Pandora box and uh, mechanism gold. So I think uh, the golden words, I just want to document them and uh, publish as quote by Dr. Ravitsana, sir. So that's really fantastic balance between uh, uh, research and Ayurveda, where uh, our Ayurveda doctors need to be at mainly the learning and belief and the trust so as long as the Ayurveda students in the classroom uh, what Guru Rajasar also made a point right at the beginning uh, first of all before I forget uh, hearty congratulations to Brahebar uh, Guru Rajasar and all of us uh, on this occasion of 100 episode 100 is a big number and uh, we couldn't have had a better person than Rohit Sir here inspiring and motivating, motivating us and the uh, upcoming uh, generation to take up Ayurveda in the right direction where uh, research is very much uh, important. I feel, uh, Dr. Hibar, so Rohit Chandra Sirs, like whatever he stressed on uh, the research point. This particular portion of the video shall be edited and it shall be given to the colleges. This is my personal belief as the first introduction class of research methodology to UG and PG students because research methodology is also there in UG and also for PG students. I'm not telling that Ayurveda teachers who are going into the classroom to teach research methodology and statistics are going somewhere wrong, but if if the class gets a kickstart from a motivational speaker who is leading a big mammoth institution so with those inspiring words and the weightage of the words where Sanasar was pressing on those words about the research and uh, how it should be carried on how things need to be measured and what's the difference between Ayurveda and uh, Allopathy is uh, the measurable parameters what people look into it so like beautiful concepts about Kapha and the Pitta Uh, what Sanesar said. I think uh, these things should be the edited clips of these videos. uh, All the postgraduate scholars in the initial phase of the studies uh, or the UG students should go through such videos where they get immediate pump up of all the hormones in the system and a lot of adrenaline pumping up in the system and thinking that yes we are in the right way. So because uh, throughout UG phase uh, students come, uh, most of the students of today, Uh, most of the students i'm telling filtering out those students who have an ambition and direction other students want certificate Uh, recently uh, one of uh, the wife's colleague was uh, telling so she is a new recruit in an ayurvedic uh, college a reputed ayurvedic college where she was teaching and she said sir students are too mischievous and students don't want to understand the slokas. they don't want to go i said you are still new into the the curriculum, new into the academics, so it takes a lot of time. You need to learn along with the students. You need to go the easier way. You need to blend with the students, come out, come down from the dais, stand with the students, interact with them, and make things entertaining, enterprising, and very interesting. Ayurveda is all about making interesting. Right in the first year itself, when Sanskrit and Pradhartha and tough subjects are introduced to the students, they feel like uh, totally in a different world. So they feel themselves in a Jurassic Park, where different types of dinosaurs are coming because they have studied um, uh, mathematics, chemistry, physics, biology and suddenly Padartavikmanas, Hastanga Rudayas and many people don't come with the Sanskrit background also. That is why Sanskrit has been kept as a important subject. Here the teacher's role as Guru Rajasar rightly pointed at the beginning is very, very crucial. Blend with the students. Many uh, institutions and the head of the institutions and also the management is against a teacher being friendly with the students. It's not flirting with the students. It's being friendly is going with a friendly language. When I am in a classroom, I tell students, see this is a place of worship for me. By the time I go out of this class, I should have full satisfaction and I'll get a good sleep at the end of the day for having given something to you people, theoretically and practically. If you, if I can make you people understand rather than read, so that gives a valid point for my teaching. Otherwise, it is a waste of me being in the academics and also in the practice for the 20, 25 years. And also at the same time, I want to put a point here. Practitioners should be the teachers. This should be the future rather than, uh, see, all, all of us have the graduations and post graduations and PhD degrees, but institutions should make way to the practitioners, successful practitioners to come and take guest lectures and also bedside classes for the uh, students to make things more understandable. And often get people like Rohit Sane sir, sir, to the dais so that they can shrink out the experience in a different way. So that's very important. Students of today, they want approach in a different way, to understand the same things in a different way. How we, Ayurveda, see I graduated from an Ayurvedic uh, school, uh, where Guru sir uh, was speaking about Guru, importance of Guru. I came from an institution where there was no Guru at all, absolutely no Guru, I don't want to Uh, mentioned for many subjects there were no gurus, there were some people who were misguiding also, there were some people motivating to leave Ayurveda and go somewhere else. Why you people are here in the wrong place? So these were the uh, kind of tips we got. We didn't even know that there was an Ayurveda syllabus in the Ayurvedic uh, college. So I graduated from an Ayurveda institution long back in 1996. So from there I thought whatever I haven't learned, so that there are two types of students coming from the same guru like an Arjuna, or Ekalavya, both always respected Dronacharya as Guru, but here Dronacharya should be very much equivalent to Arjuna and Ekalavya which wasn't in the uh, history, that's what uh, we have seen. So, a Guru's role is very important, be it Arjuna or be it Ekalavya, handle them Equally. So, because there are different faces of students, different sattvas of uh, uh, students, we need to handle in different ways. So, an intelligent student should not be given a push because they can get a rank to the college, be deemed because, uh, anyhow, their approach is less. Our intention should be to bring all the students to a level, as Sanas already said. There are thousands of uh, doctors who can practice from day two. So, that should be the target. So, the vision and the mission should always, always be great and we should take Ayurveda in the right direction. For that, Ayurveda classrooms, the teachers, the teacher-student uh, coordination, and also uh, learning Ayurveda in its right sense and applying why, where, what, how, to each and every word of Ayurveda, right from day one of uh, undergraduation not post-graduation, will create big pathways for uh, research because the research starts with the mind and as a seed. So that should grow into a tree that constant question should be there in the mind of a student to take it ahead. Only then, researchers will be born out of fire with the doctors, and that will be a great treat for Ayurveda fraternity. Uh, Thank you.
4: O- wasn't there Reddy, ma'am, please. Thank you, Dr. Sani, for that wonderful talk. Um, there are three things I wanted to say. One thing is um, about contemporizing Ayurveda. And one way I see it is using electronic medical records. And uh, this serves, I think, you know, data is the staple for clinical research, capturing data in a coherent manner. And if institutions, that is the Ayurvedic institutions, Are capturing data already. And if it is not electronic, that can be a problem because if you do that, you have a huge amount of data available for students to conduct clinical research, you know, and uh, churning the uh, evidence base for uh, Ayurveda. And uh, the second thing is Dr. Heber was talking about case studies. I would like to add to that, suggesting establishment of clinical databases, you know, dedicated to various diseases. Rather than just having all the, uh, you know, case studies out there, if you organize those in clinical databases, that would be very useful because uh, if you have a research question, you can in an organized manner. Extract data from these databases and answer your research question. And this would also be helpful for Ayurvedic students uh, because there is already a lot of data. They can do tons of retrospective studies to, again, add to the evidence base. And the third thing I want to point out is the importance of teaching research methodology. We all keep saying people have to do research, people have to do research, but how do they do it? Students don't know how to do it so establishing a research methodology of course we cannot conduct clinical trials because they don't make any sense with ayurveda the principles of ayurveda so i would like to you know urge all the ayurvedic doctors to think about coming up with research methodologies and some of them can actually be transferred from uh modern science you know like the case studies the cohort studies the cross-sectional studies you know all those study designs can be used in ayurveda to increase the evidence base so Contemporalizing Ayurveda is uh, what I would like to suggest to all of you, you know, having been in this field for 25 years, I can see where the Western methodology can be used in Ayurveda and contemporizing it. So that's my two cents. Thank you. Uh,
0: Thank you Vasantharadji. Your concluding remarks on this session, please
2: a very clear note there is a clear way of understanding ayurveda is must we require guru for that critical analysis because whatever the knowledge has been shared in ayurveda through various samitas it has been written down by our acharyas very long back and we do we have lost the link to understand it from the mouth of a guru how it should be we should be able to decipher it it takes much of time so that's why we many times uh, language is an obstacle and ultimately, we land in, just translated my things. And how far a translation was 100% truthful to the original contributor, we all know that. So, because of this, there is always a trouble in understanding Ayurveda. And many times, the people who come to Ayurveda, they have been given a guidance from the seniors and certain section of the teaching staff and everybody that just you complete the degree somehow, you can able to practice and earn money. You can practice allopathy, you can practice something mixopathy, something like that. He never tried to understand what is actually Ayurveda is speaking about. The only thing is that if we could able to establish a link that there is an postulate in Ayurveda, there is a concept in Ayurveda, this should be measured according to Ayurveda like this. The most probable or equivalent methodology to understand this from the point of the Western scientific medicine is this. And you could be able to understand that how a drug of Ayurveda works before starting a treatment, you go for these, these measurable tools of modern medicine. Take it as a parameter for study. And after the uh, treatment course, repeat the things and compare the records. You will find a lot of changes which has occurred and it is due to very clearly the drug explanation given by HRS holds good many a time. Recently, even I had a case of uh, severe autoimmune hepatitis, there was a lot of uh, increase in the SGOT, SGPT, and, and even the serum bilirubin, total bilirubin. Once I started the treatment, in the first month almost uh, there was no response, even I was uh, worried what to do. But slowly from the second month onwards it started responding in such a way that now it has reached almost normalcy after the completion of one twenty days of treatment. So that's the way we need to approach the things and try to establish the facts. And of course, there are a lot of uh, information available, but it is in the scattered manner as rightly <laughs> in a in the treatment So similarly, oh, sorry. so typically we need to keep it as in a ready opener or a positive or something like that where we can get the information and as far as possible these, these informations and of course research what we are doing nowadays is we are trying to understand the concepts of Ayurveda, how the Acharyas have explained. So even though there was a no modern uh, techniques, Acharyas have said the first month how the baby will be inside like this, these are explanations how could they do it without any modern uh, gadgets. So this is what we understood their insight insight was very good and what the calculations they have made it's also the right one but we are lacking in understanding it so we need to try to do a research in that how we can better understand the olden concepts which is relevant even today so that if we know it definitely things will be you know on a rosy part of it as uh, rightly pointed by dr um it's a very clear research is to understand and make a con uh, postulate are a model are a startup which can be profitable for even society as well as to the personal gains so that should be the idea of understanding it definitely it will going to help us in a very large way
0: thank you guru sir for the concluding remarks that brings us to the end of this session i cordially express my words of gratitude for all the participants for your useful uh, useful inputs not only for this session for, for all the previous 199 sessions your inputs, your your feedback has been our driving force. So a big thanks for all the uh, all the participants. And on behalf of all of us, my words of gratitude to Guru Sir for guiding me and then guiding this group of students. And it it has been a continuous journey of learning for. All of us for that. My big words of gratitude to uh, Dr. Roy Sane I'm, I'm, uh, amidst his busy schedule. He has taken time to interact with us. It will be a pleasure for us to have you more in uh, coming sessions as well. And my words of gratitude to uh, sir being a friend, guide and philosopher. Thank you all.